tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Going on here is that we're about, we're seeing, we may virtually be seeing the end of OPEC as a cartel because as the oil prices decline again, and I'm not saying they're going to go back and test the previous lows, but at these levels, the economies of all the major OPEC nations, including Saudi Arabia, are not sustainable in what they're providing for their citizens at these levels at $45 a barrel. And so what I said was going to happen, and I believe it will happen because OPEC is meeting this month in Vienna, I think that OPEC is going to be forced to try and cut production to see if they can get the price to rise. And as they cut production, their revenue goes down, even if the price goes up. And if the American frackers uh, take over the world, which they're about to do, uh, they could literally destroy OPEC. Now, most people are not aware of the deal that the president cut with China when he was at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, most people do not understand that OPEC or that uh, China is a mirror of the United States under Jimmy Carter in that they they import between 60 and 65 percent of their petroleum and 40 percent of their coal. So when Mr. Trump met with them and they stopped they had stopped taking their coal from Korea, North Korea, and cut the the exports of Korea, they were looking for coal. So we we never exported any coal or any crude oil or finished product to China. We are now. Yep. Now these these are all I, I think you really hit the nail on the head. These are critically important economic issues. They, they certainly can help, among many other things, as you guys know, uh, you know, re restore us to really, a, a, you know, a, a, a globally dominant economic posture, you know, that we, we've certainly, uh, you know, slid back on in, in recent years. Uh, the Chinese economy does have the, the vulnerabilities you mentioned. The Russian economy really does. Uh, so... You know, it's going to be really interesting. I'm glad you're following it, Dan. The, um, it'd be interesting to see how, you know, Trump and his team, you know, play this one out because they, I think you're exactly right. They've got some real cards to play through fracking, and uh, hopefully somebody's thinking through the long-term implications of this, not, not only economically, but, you know, but politically. Sure, sure. You know, you, we, we were talking earlier in the week, Don and I were on our, on our other show, and we were talking about what, what's going on, and we had a, a demographer on, which I, we've recommended him to come on to Jim's show. And um, he says that manufacturing is going to come back from China to the United States, that it's going to be cheaper for the Chinese people, to Chinese companies, to come to the United States and manufacture than to try and continue to outsource by going to 
Indonesia and going to Vietnam and other places, they're going to start bringing that manufacturing back here. He thinks there's a manufacturing renaissance coming. I, I, I think the other thing that happened that, that, again, didn't get a lot of play in the last week or so, that fits into this whole Trump narrative, uh, did either of you find it interesting that Canada and Mexico have said we'd like to renegotiate NAFTA too? Yep. And all the criticism that Mr. Trump took for wanting to renegotiate NAFTA, how bad idea it was and it wasn't good for America and yada, yada, yada. And the two leaders of the two countries says, uh, in essence, are saying, yeah, we got the better of the deal. You guys got the shaft. We're willing to renegotiate. And and China is willing to renegotiate the idea that they charge tariffs on all our stuff and we get to bring they get to bring all our stuff, their stuff into our country with no tariffs. So I, I think that that this whole issue of trade, fair trade and honest trade, regardless of what it is, is going to be a very big issue and a, a very big embarrassment to the Democrats when he goes through and renegotiates NAFTA and things happen and he maybe starts getting the money to build the wall and other things. So, um, again, I've said to you, as I said to Don, he's smarter than most people are willing to give credit to, and it's beginning to show itself. We've got uh, Dan Perkins, Don Mazzella, and Dr. Jack Caravelli. Don, you, you have anything to uh, to add to to Dan's chat? There? Well, you know, you know, listening to uh, to, to Dan, Dan and the good doctor, uh, I just come to the conclusion that um, our media has consistently underrated um, President Trump, and they're still doing it today. I mean, we had. Uh, Colbert uh, on Tuesday night with this rant of his, <clears throat> which uh, I, I don't know if any of you saw it. I didn't see it, but I, I heard it was in really bad taste. Yes. Um, but uh, uh, what what I really found uh, interesting about all this is how the level of civility uh, towards the president and towards all of our institutions uh, are really being attacked by the by the the left uh, uh, rather than the right you know uh, for a long time uh, the left kept uh, talking about uh, how uh, crude the conservatives was were etc but if if you i don't know if you uh, looked into that uh, uh, woman's uh, event where hillary clinton sat at the stage if you wanted to see um incivility you uh, was was watching the cutaways to the very the various audience etc uh i'm uh, i'm getting to the point where i'm getting a little uh, the word i want to use is disgusted with the way we're, we're no longer having good manners and uh it's a sad thing and i, I don't i don't know if there's a, a solution to it but uh Forgetting all the stuff and all, even the talking heads. I, I was in my uh, doctor's office today, and I, I watched CNN where where they had talking heads talking about the fact that the Justice Department finally decided they would not um, prosecute uh, this white policeman for killing a black teenager, and 
the the hostility in the uh, between the two people uh, on television. Uh, there's no sound, but if you saw the faces, you knew that what was going on. Uh, I I know this is not a, a subject, but I'm curious how uh, the doctor feels and Dan feels about this. Well, I, I really take the point, and it, it's an awfully important one, that we have become, in many ways, an uncivil society. Uh, there is little evidence of people trying to reach across the aisle and, and listen to the other, whether it's here in Washington or around the country. You see this playing out on college campuses. The, the lack of tolerance and respect for the other perspective whether one buys it or not, is, is shockingly low. I, I yep. and, you know, there's probably a lot of explanations for this. I think one is that you, you do not find either in the media an institution or uh, a lot of universities, institutions, uh, that, that really, you know, try to inculcate the, the notion that, you know, the, the our, our model as a nation that, you know, from many, one. You know, we have fractured in so many ways. I was reading the other day that, you know, the, you know, I, I don't know how old you guys are. I've turned 60, but the, the world... Well, you're a young, but older than you're that. You're a youngster. Uh, <laughs> Get a real I, job. I'm, I'm reassured Get out of your by parents' the, basement. <laughs> the, the, um, the, the idea that, you know, the world that... Certainly, I grew up in in America of, you know, majority white, mostly Christian, is the world that, if it hasn't already gone away, it is going away. And, you know, as a nation and society, you know, it would be nice to find leaderships, whether in politics, churches, uh, universities, that, you know, that have a national dialogue that says, all right, Here's where we've been. Here's where we're going. And the demographics are not going to change. You know, how do we see ourselves, you know, in the years to come and the generations coming up behind us? And I, you know, and I would lay the blame, at least in part, as, as Don was saying, uh, on the media. I think the media has totally whipped out in its real obligations, uh, among others, to try to just get at the facts of whatever events they're describing rather than slanting them as they do every day repeatedly in the New York Times or Washington Post. Um, you know, that does not help the nation move forward. So I, all I can say is I, I share these concerns uh, immensely. I, I believe... Uh, uh, in my heart of hearts, that everything that, that as Barack Obama's minister, Reverend Wright, said one time, the chickens have come home to roost. The chickens that are coming home to roost are the fruits of political correctness in our world. Yes. In Europe and in the United States, we we no longer have the ability to have a dialogue based on disagreements. Either you believe and subscribe to what I say, 
or you are a racist, or you are a homophobe or a xenophobe. I mean, Hillary was saying that that one of the reasons she lost was because xenophobia, people wouldn't vote for women. And I did an interview this week, and, and we were talking about that. I said, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hillary Clinton is not the first person, female, to be ahead of a country. We got Maggie Thatcher, we had Indira Gandhi, we had um, Golda Meir. Uh, we've had other examples of other nations around the world that have le elected female leaders. So she wasn't breaking through the glass ceiling because she to break through the glass ceiling, you have to be the first. She wasn't the first. No. So, but I think that I've seen so many examples um, of how political correctness has destroyed, has destroyed that what made us, what made us the melting pot is that we could come from different parts of the world and we could come in here in this country and grow together and meld and become part of that great American melting pot. But there is no melting pot anymore. We have we have run we have put stakes in the ground to separate the people. The, the Democrats talk about we're a divided nation. Yeah, the reason we're divided is because the Democrats divided the nation. They decided to build a party based on special interests. Blacks, Hispanics, gays, lesbians, transsexuals. All these were people as what as some people have called a victim society. Well, you know, I think until we understand that America was a place where we could have a free and open open exchange of disagreements without being attacked either physically or verbally, uh, we have lost a very important part of what made America America. Well, speaking of Hillary, did you did you happen to see her mea culpa um, bef uh, before an audience of women? You mean it went? Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, she. Um, I, I happened to see a feed of her uh, talk with uh, Anapora and. Uh, if if ever if ever I saw someone who was in denial, it was her. Um, and it's interesting. Even to this day, she does not understand why she lost. And Which, I, um, go ahead, because I'm going to I'm going to talk about your favorite paper. But go ahead. <laughs> I have to read it because I'm a journalist. Okay. Well, no, you don't. <laughs> you don't. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, it's it's unfortunate because it still sets the tone. Yeah. If you uh, if you we're, we're talking about the New York Times for those who are not initiated, and the right. fact uh, that since September 1962, I have read the New York Times every day since the it's been within reach. Yeah. Um, You're building and, up and, points in heaven with that one. Well. Maybe I hope so. God knows I need something. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> quick point. The New I I heard this on the radio today. The New York Times has an article today 
by one of its reporters who decided that enough is enough. It wasn't the Russians that lost the election for Hillary. And surprisingly, it wasn't Hillary who lost the election for Hillary. What the article says is that Bill Clinton, when he got on the plane with Loretta Lynch, forced Comey's hand. So the article blames not Hillary for the loss. The article blames Bill Clinton for Hillary's loss. What is it? You know, why don't we start saying what it really was? A Trump victory. <laughs> Donald Trump. You, you, you know, you, it's really interesting because if you sit, sit down and look at it, everybody told Donald Trump he was running the wrong campaign on the wrong, wrong time and in the wrong states. And uh, lo and behold, at nine o'clock on election night, he was uh, the the victor. He won it because he saw what the American people uh, really desired and gave it to him. Right. The fact that the elites did not like what he was saying is irrelevant. The American people said to him, uh, we like what you said. And if you eliminate New York and California from the vote totals, it's an overwhelming favorite. What did you say, Dan? 83% of the counties in America voted for Donald, Donald Trump? Trump? Yes, 83%. What's and, interesting is, that, again, on our show earlier this week, Jim, our, our demographicer, I asked him the question. You know, we had we had a surprise vote in in England, a surprise vote in the United States, surprising vote in the, in the Netherlands countries. We've got an election this weekend, and uh, the French have the choose between Le Pen and the other gentleman who I call Macaroon, who's got the 64 year old wife. Uh, what do you think is going to happen? And he said, I think Le Pen's going to win. Wow. Oh, uh, well, uh, he was a, uh, like I say, I sent an email to you, Jiggy, because oh, yeah. I think one, gonna... once you get him on the on the program, you're going to want him as a regular. <laughs> he, <laughs> well, he, he certainly got Dan stander up well, in, in a good way. Well, Doctor. So, so the point is that is, as just following yes. what Don was saying, yes. the elite situation uh, is and i and even they're talking now about merkel being uh in jeopardy um finally the people of the world the common man the the, the non-elites are standing up and uh we uh, when ronald reagan was president we called them the silent majority and uh and we have those people coming back and saying, you know, this is not this is not my country. These things I don't agree with, and um, and they have gone to extremes, and they've taken away our rights to disagree, and they've taken away our traditions and our beliefs, and they 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 may have destroyed the country that it may never be able to be brought back. I don't know. Well, Doctor Jack, you, you you travel all over the world. What 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 are people saying about uh, that? Some some of these issues that Dan and Don raised. Well, the, the the trends are exactly as described. They're they are pretty interesting, and I think they do reflect, as the guys were saying, some some, some real uh, I'll just call it blowback from you know from the 
from citizens in in the UK. Um, uh, you know, maybe France will we'll see. I think it'll be a tight election. Macron um, is, is not by any means assured to win. Le Pen has uh, certainly has some strong backing. I think some of that will depend on the turnout uh, in Germany. Merkel. Uh, I, I would be delighted to see her defeated this year. I, I don't think she will be, simply because I don't think there's any strong, uh, viable candidate opposing her yet. Uh, but I think there is a larger dynamic that the Brits showed, that the Trump victory showed, that the French victory may show, um, that at least in the West, you know, this, this kind of, uh, as we were talking earlier, the um, uh, political correctness, uh, the lack of common sense uh, in Europe, the, the idea that uh, laws can be promulgated by unelected officials in Brussels. And I will tell you, the, I'm, I'm in London a lot, and I, it, it absolutely frosted the British that literally more than 60% of the laws their system had to enforce did not come from the British Parliament, but came from the Europeans. Right. I, I, and, 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 Doctor, I know we don't have a lot of time. Just as a quick follow-up to what you're saying, uh, I think there's another current here, and you may agree with me or maybe not. I think that the English want to be English, the Germans want to be Germans, the French want to be French, the Italians want to be Italians. They don't want to be Muslim. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's a big factor. I was in, actually in Rome last week. Uh, you know, I know the German situation, which was uh, appalling in what Merkel did, has gotten a lot of press, but in Italy, you know, they're, they're you know, a much smaller country than Germany, the Italians are dealing with about a half million migrants that have come not from the Middle East, but from mostly from Libya and North Africa. So I, I, I can only agree that across the continent, you know, the, 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 the politicians did not keep sight of their most important duty, which is to take care of the security of their country. Uh, and, and all of this, you know, the... Uh, you know, th this mess is coming home to roost. Yes. Can I, uh, gentlemen, do, do you know the joke? Do, uh, do you know what heaven is?